The lion sleeps, well, until next summer. My Mac Podcast 316. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. to my Mac podcast 316 guy how the devil are you i'm, I'm doing just great gaz how, <laughs> how are you my friend i'm absolutely terrific actually <laughs> sponrific as we say, isn't <laughs> well you know unfortunately we we don't have we don't have a lot of time for our our usual uh crazy talk because no. oh my goodness yeah I, I think this is the first time in a long time that I can think of that Apple is, has had like two big events happen, you know, almost, almost back to back. Well, yeah, two, two, mm, two big events. A lot of people actually won't know what we're talking about in the first event, of course, because um, when it comes to financials, a lot of people, it kind of goes over the head, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's where guys going with that one because um, Apple actually had a very good quarter. Oh, they had a wonderful, wonderful quarter. And uh, do you want to go ahead and go into that before we uh, talk about our other stuff, or you want to? No, no. Let's 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 just tease them. Let's tease you. <laughs> okay, we, we are that's recording a tease. not on our normal day, but we're recording on a Wednesday, which is Apple oh, Day. <laughs> <laughs> And all that'll be, all that'll be coming up. Um, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and get into very very quickly. And you know we're not going to do our, our usual. Well, this article you know had this to say because we we just don't have time. Um, no, so uh, on the website. On, on the, the web- website. On the website. The there, first article is from uh, Susie Gilbert, a new writer. Uh, yep, yeah, and it's a new Epson complete guide to digital printing. That's a book review. And right after that, uh, Tim Robertson's Tech Fan Number Five with uh, he had a big long article, a big long article, big long recording with uh, David Biedney. Yeah, I haven't listened to that, but I'm, I'm going to have to listen to that soon. I think. Oh, that was a good one. Next on the list is uh, from Russ uh, Volkovich. I hope I pronounced that correctly. A review of the Elan Holster Metal. So mm, it's a metal holster, is it, or is it, <laughs> or could it be? Um, next up, next up, and uh, we'll, we, we'll probably go into this in a little bit later. Was an article from uh, some guy named Guy Searle. I, I can't trust anyone with a was name like that. that. You? Yeah, it was me. Uh, <laughs> called Trick or Treat from Apple, uh, where I made my predictions about what Apple was going to release, and we'll find out in just a little bit how well I did. Okay, and then there's a review of social media marketing. All in one for dummies. That's from Elisa Pacelli. Pacelli, Pacelli. I say Pacelli. I like her. Um, We have an article from... I do too. (laughs) We both like you, Elisa. Uh, From Rich Lefko, the Marware Sports Shell Convertible, a review. And uh, Nemo Memo, sinking, not always a cinch. And that's a... Well, basically, it's an article from John Nemo Nemoroski. And uh, unlike previous weeks, he only had one article this week. I think he's slacking. He, he's slacking. I think we need to <laughs> tell him off. 
Uh, Yeah, yeah, we love you. We love you, John. Uh, We had some listener feedback from Twitter from Fitzjabap. I I think I said that right. I like you why you said that. Yeah, well, it works. Uh, Asking, uh, can you guys review the best external HD drives? I'm looking to buy one for backup, but don't want a time capsule too expensive. And... Yeah, wow. go ahead, Gaz. That's <laughs> wow. That's wide open. <laughs> well, I said to Guy, yeah, great. You know, these people want to send us all these hard drives, then we'll review them. Yeah. Um, I think I think actually we're going to do a little bit on this uh, in a couple of weeks. We haven't got time, unfortunately, this week. Um, what we're going to assume is that you are looking for a standalone um, enclosed enclosed hard drive, external hard drive, because obviously you've got Seagate, external standalones, Western Digital, but then you've got Lacey who make the enclosures. So I think we're going to take a look at these uh, another week, aren't we, Guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. We, we just really don't have time this week, but we will, we will uh, talk more on the subject of external drives. Now, uh, long-time listeners and readers of MyMac.com know who Sam Levin is. He does... Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you there, Guy. Sure. Um, we actually had a question as well. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, my goodness. I'm losing we it. A, we had a question from Lang, uh, Larry Singer um, who, uh, who said, do you want me to read the email out? Yes, please. Okay, Guy and Gaz, I always love listening to your show when it comes in my Stitcher queue. Now, a little bit of a clue there. Um, basically, he's got a question um, about iTunes, which it seems that Apple support can't answer. And he's also done a bit of searching, which is good, on the support boards. And he's had a massive huh? Um, and it looks like we're coming against the same problem. Now, I've actually come across this issue where iTunes sticks a little exclamation mark next to uh, perhaps a podcast, and we're talking in particular podcasts here, Yeah. and the message comes up that basically you haven't listened to this podcast in a while. So obviously you're not interested in this particular podcast. And nice and of them, it, nice of them to assume <laughs> that for us. <laughs> and it asks you the question whether you want to continue, obviously, updating this particular podcast. Well, there could be all sorts of reasons why you haven't listened to a podcast for a certain period of time. There could also be lots of reasons why you're downloading those podcasts but not listening to them. And Whatever that reason is, it doesn't matter. iTunes comes up with this nag screen, and yeah. I must admit, it is a bit of a nag screen. Now, uh, what Larry was looking for was for, to see if there's a solution to actually either change that time scale or perhaps get rid of that message altogether. And much like himself, there doesn't seem to be a direct fix for iTunes at this stage. And there are a few workarounds, which we're going to send Larry a couple of links to um, certainly a script uh, from Doug's Apple scripts. Oh, you did find some? I know I looked there and I, I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, 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 an Apple script, which basically when you see those exclamation marks, I think the Apple script basically goes through and updates those podcasts. But I think it updates all of the podcasts for you. Um, which so it's a workaround because you'll still get the exclamation mark, but then you've got like a one button process or a, a couple of click process to update them all. Um, so you know, but it, at the moment there is no direct fix in iTunes to say ignore that message altogether. Yeah, that would be that would be really nice. Now, when I looked at this, I was thinking, okay, well, if, if you just you know go to it at least once a day 
to you know see if there's any new ones. Maybe that'll make the uh, the nag screen go away. So I looked at it and went into settings in iTunes. It, basically, you you hit the uh, the podcast little button there on the left hand side, just under where it says library, and then on the bottom. Uh, bottom left, there's a button that says settings. And if you hit that, a, a little screen comes up for podcast settings and you can check for new episodes at various times, either every day, every hour, you know, every week and settings for podcast defaults. And, uh, some of the other things it has here is when, you know, when new episodes are available, you can make the decision to download just the most recent one, download all, do nothing, and which episodes you want to keep. And I figured, okay, well, if it's checking every day, maybe it won't bother him. But what I no. found was it doesn't work. You know, I set it to, to check it every hour. And the first day, great. You know, it, it sure enough, it, it brought in one or two podcasts. But then by the next day, it wasn't doing it anymore. So I don't know if that's a uh, bug in iTunes or or what, but it, it was kind of a pain in the neck. So I must admit, I must admit, I've gone into those settings and I've set all of my podcasts basically to be refreshed manually. But I have changed on certain podcasts which episodes I keep and which episodes get deleted if it's been listened to. Yeah. Um, however, that has absolutely no effect on that nag screen about you haven't listened to this particular podcast for a long time. Do you want to continue to update it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Uh, if you look in the show notes for my Mac podcast number 316, uh, w- there'll be some links there and, you yep. know, to Doug's Apple scripts. And, and I think you found some some uh, aggregators that. You know, you could basically download these things separately because didn't he say something about he was doing it all kind of manually as far as as bringing content in and out of his iPod? Yeah, I think he's using it. I mean, in the the message he used in his Stitcher queue, which is something which I haven't looked into, but I I presume it's still aggregating, um, but going flowing through iTunes. So he's still seeing that message. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll put those links to the uh, the Doug's Apple script script. Which uh, updates your your library, but there is no. Unfortunately, Larry, there is no fix to change the iTunes setting. It seems. Yeah, no, at least not that we could find. No. Uh, moving along, real quick, I was I was talking about Sam Levin uh, a little while ago. He he does the App Minute podcast, another uh, podcast in the mighty mymac.com family of of fun and entertainment, Yay. and um, he. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to describe this other than to say that I agree with every single thing (laughs) that he says in his message. So without further ado, here it is. Hey there, MyMac fans. Sam Levin here with App Minute. Just want to tell you that Guy Searle is so awesome. He's the best. He's why you're listening to MyMac.com and why you should continue listening. In fact, you need to send him money right away. Guy at MyMac.com. Operators are standing by. Just send them any <laughs> freaking check you want. It doesn't matter if it's five cents, five bucks, ten bucks. Doesn't matter. Food stamps. He's into it. You know why? Because he's Guy Searle. He's Guy of MyMac. That's right. He's great. Just send it to him now. Thanks. Bye. And what else can I say? 
<laughs> hey, I, 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 my check's in the post. Well, and and if you want to send me send me cash, you can uh, send me a link to your bank account at guy at mymac dot com. Um, excuse me, guy. If you just get too much, so I, is it the IRS that I've got to contact? Um. Well, we'll talk about that later, I guess. Okay. <laughs> now, last week uh, we had you know we talked very very briefly about some video training that Real Mac Software, who are the makers of Rapid Weaver, were putting out, and uh, I think uh, I can you know we, we I can say that that we were both kind of wondering you know you're trying to sell your program. Why would you charge <laughs> so much money for video training? Because, you know, at $19 a quarter, I think within three quarters, you will have spent more for the training than you did for the software. But anyway, a um, couple things. We, we got a message from fearless leader, Tim asking about, you know, well, anyway, let's tell you what, just listen to this. Hey, God. <clears throat> Hey, Guy Gaz, uh, it's Tim. Uh, sorry about my voice. I've got a really bad cold right now. But uh, listening to my Mac Podcast 315, and honestly, I can't figure out, uh, Guy, why you would want Fast Mac to justify their selling training videos. Um, Apple does that with Final Cut Pro. Uh, Adobe has an entire training series for the Creative Suite products. Why is it acceptable for Apple or Adobe, or even Microsoft for that matter, to sell training videos to their very sophisticated software, and yet you don't think it's okay for Rapid Weaver, or Fastback, I should say, to sell training videos by someone who's well-known, Don McAllister, I don't understand why you, you don't think that's right or that they would have to justify that to anybody. It's very sophisticated software, and people need help learning how to use it. Just my comments. I uh, love listening to the show, and hope the listeners are checking out Tech Fan. I don't usually sound like this on Tech Fan. It's, no, he yeah, doesn't. Anyways. I got two more days to get my voice back before the next episode where we have Bill Palmer on in episode six. So hopefully I'll be able to talk by then. Keep up the good work. Can't wait to find out what Apple's going to uh, announce today as I'm leaving this message. Looking forward to it. Bye, guys. Well, okay. um, can, can I answer that? Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I, I totally agree with uh, Tim there. Absolutely 100%. Totally agree. There is absolutely no reason why anybody can't put out um, videos and sell those tutorials to sell their software. No problems with that at all. Sure. However, however, if you'd like to go onto the Apple website, they have hundreds of video clips on how to use their software free of charge, FOC. And um, the problem I had with those Rapid Weather tutorials were they were of a very similar type to those free videos that you get on the Apple website. And I assumed because of the way they described it, and I didn't think, and I, I still don't, that you would get any more than those short sets of clips periodically with the subscription. And to me, that was just you know, they could use that as a promo. 
However, if they were going to do a video which was a lot more in-depth uh, and a lot longer video, hey, like Don McAllister's videos, no problem at all with it. Absolutely no problem at all. But from the clips that I saw, from the, the, the way they were selling them, it seemed as if you would just get short clips and, you know, yeah, like on one subject or another, clips. very, very quickly. Well, I, have, I have access to, to Apple stuff on the, the Apple website and the short clips on how to use their software. So that's where I was coming from. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Those videos, you could get a whole lot more, but that's not what I saw from the website. Well, However... My, oh, go ahead. I'm go, sorry. Go on. No, no. You, you can't Well, I was going to say, my take on it was, you know, if you're talking about... Uh, either Microsoft or Adobe uh, or even Apple, if you're talking about like Final Cut, this is software that costs up in the neighborhood of thousands of dollars. And when you spend that kind of money for software, you want someone to be up and ready to go on it as quickly as possible. And the training videos that actually cost money are an excellent way for someone to get you know, more familiar with the software that, that you've now spent, you know, God knows how much money to, to use. Whereas yeah. Rapid Weaver is typically a, uh, it, it's a one-off. You know, if someone is going to buy it, they're, they're for the most part probably going to make it for their own site as compared to, you know, let's say Engadget or, or something like that. They're not going to use yeah, Rapid yeah, Weaver. Yeah, I've got to say I'd like <coughs> to the... Um, the iLife suite of uh, packages. It's that sort of application. Yes. So, you know, I, I guess the, the the biggest problem was, wasn't so much that someone was charging for training videos to Rapid Weaver software. It was that FastMac was the company that was charging for it, for software that doesn't in itself cost that much money. So basically, if you bought... Rapid Weaver, and, I, and I, I don't know how much it is off the top of my head, but it's, it's not that much money. Within, say, three pay periods of these training videos, you've already spent more on getting training for Rapid Weaver than you spent on the software originally. Which, again, goes to show how good value the package is if the, that training actually is that. Uh, extensive and you need that much training for that particular software because I know that we both use it or have used it and yes. you know, find it a terrific terrific piece of software mm -hmm. now before we go on and on and on about this one if you want to buy some training we actually received an email yep. um, and we've got nothing out of this this is this is a freebie Ryan <laughs> but just <laughs> this once just this once <laughs> uh, you want me to read it yeah, go on. Okay. It says, uh, Hi, guys. I was just listening to your recent podcast and was glad to hear the mention of Rapid Weaver. I love Rapid Weaver, and I'm always happy to see or hear coverage of the app online. As stated in the podcast, Real Mac Software recently announced a subscription-based training site with a handful of video tutorials on Rapid Weaver. I began a video training site for Rapid Weaver called Rapid Weaver Classroom, plug, plug, back in May 2008. <laughs> I've created over 250 video tutorials covering Rapid Weaver and its third-party add-ons, so I thought I'd let you know about it in case you were interested. Thanks for all that you do, and keep up the good work. Ryan Smith, Rapid Weaver Classroom. 
Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I think there's a key point in there and it's third party add-ons. So this could yeah. be quite useful. And if you go over to his website, which we'll, we'll put into. Yeah, we'll um, put that in the show notes. Into the show notes. As I say, it's a freebie, but it's only a one off, Ryan. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, he's got some free sample tutorials, which you can take a look, look at and the pricing. Do you want to rattle off that pricing so people know? Sure. For one month, it's uh, nineteen ninety seven. For six months, it's seventy nine ninety seven, and for a full year, it's one hundred and thirty nine ninety seven. Now, so this is, is yeah, this is pricier than what FastMac yep. was offering, but at the same time, I don't think FastMac has two hundred and fifty videos online. Yeah, so you know it's out there. You can go and t- take it. I put I fully appreciate what Tim says, and uh, not got a problem with that. Um, I did think that the videos that were on the site were seemingly more promotional for the product, much like the videos that you get, the training videos that you get on Apple's website. So that's what yeah, was for well the, the free videos for like you know iLife and and some of those yeah, things. Yeah, because but I, I've used a few of them. I must admit, I have used a few of them. So. There you go. I think I think this this could be an ongoing discussion point. This one. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, uh, we're already running really, really long yes, on this podcast, yes. and there is so much more to cover. So everybody, uh, we're going to take a break. Please stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. Guy Searle here from the MyMac.com podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick word that if you want to save 15%, that's 15% off some really, really great software, visit AmbrosiaSoftware.com. That's A-M-B-R-O-S-I-A-S-W.com, where you can find things like Wiretap Studio, Wiretap Anywhere, Soundboard. These are all programs we use every single week on the podcast, as well as some of the greatest games that the Mac can deliver to you. Remember, 15% off by using the code MYMAC15. That's M-Y-M-A-C-15. All at Ambrosia Software. Listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast probably won't cure male pattern baldness, but can you afford to take that chance? And welcome back. Remember, Ambrosia, we have a code, mymac 15. Go over to my uh, to Ambrosia, make sure you use the code. Um, today's the 20th. You know, by the time you hear this, there'll be less than 11 days to use the code. Get over there quick. Get over there yep. quick. 15% off. <laughs> Speaking of stuff that's uh, related to money. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was less than smooth. <laughs> Uh, you know what this reminds me of, uh, r- real, real quick. Um, now, Gaz, Gaz does another podcast called IMP Live, and uh, I was invited last Sunday to uh, to record uh, the show with him. So if 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 you just haven't got that? enough of Guy Searle, uh, you know, and of course, if you listen to Sam Levin, you can never have enough of Guy Searle. Go on over to uh, uh, I am I am what is it, I am podcast. 
iampodcast.tv. Yeah, yeah. And download the show. It was a lot of fun. You actually get to hear me uh, imitate a Steve Ballmer clone. <laughs> That's the teaser. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Apple's financials. They had uh, a conference call, which they do periodically, like every big company probably does to right. announce their financials and they had some good figures to report guy oh my god omg oh my god uh for the fourth quarter of 2010 they had a reported revenue of over 20 and this is with a b bill bill billion dollars and a net quarterly billion billion net quarterly profit of 4.31 billion which Billion again. Billion. And, you know, and the weird thing is that uh, analysts were actually disappointed with these numbers. And I and, you know, I I really have to wonder where analysts are are pulling their own numbers from, because they're usually way off from whatever Apple says. You know, know, they do like at the the end of this, they, they do a little. Okay, well, we are projecting for the next quarter, blah 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 blah, and it's all everything the analysts say is always way over that, and then they have the nerve to act surprised when Apple doesn't meet their expectations. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. Now they yeah. sold nearly four million Macs, which is a twenty-seven percent increase over a year ago. Over 14 million iPhones, which is a 91% increase over the same quarter a year ago. And over 9 million iPods, which was kind of the only downer because that was an 11% decrease. And practically every single friggin' iPad that they could get on a boat from China. Over 4 million iPads. Well, I think on the call, I think on the call they actually said that if they'd been able to make more iPads and more iPhones, they would have sold a lot more, which we all yeah. know about the shortages they had. Yeah, and, and this is what the analysts were upset about. Well, they should have sold more iPads. Well, how can you sell more stuff than what you've made? I don't get it. You know, yes, and, 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 st- and this, this is a financial call, which normally, um, is, it, is it Tim Cook? Yeah, I because think so. I think Though I think Steve cool. was uh, was involved in it too. Yeah, well, he doesn't normally uh, turn up at these events. Although I have heard him They're on there so before, but he's, he's normally not on there. But he he came on and and said quite a bit. I mean, he he mentioned they've got some surprises yet, um, probably to be revealed uh, today, <laughs> which they did, which they did. <laughs> uh, um, and they're projecting for the first quarter of 2011 to have about 23 billion in sales and profits, and profits of over 4.5 billion. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I've got to say, one thing they did mention was um, because some of the questions were, well, you know, how much money have you got in reserve? And I think they've got over fifty billion in reserve. Oh, and the God. question was asked, well, you know, that's sitting in your corporate account, earning only one percent. Why? And he actually answered that, well, there are lots of reasons why. Um, we have very good reasons why we, you know, we'd like to keep uh, that as a uh, slush fund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest reasons is there could well be a very strategic purchase come up and they want to be in the position to be able to purchase it. They're finally yeah. going to buy Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, no, no, I don't no. think they're going no. to buy Microsoft. Now, keeping keeping on the figures front, there there has been an event today, which we're going to come into on the next uh, after the next break. Yeah. This is uh, a quite a short segment, and they rattled off a load more figures. So we're going to rattle those figures off here, as it seems apt to do. Um, today's event, which we, as I said, we're going to talk about after the next break. Um, they mentioned that the Mac. Uh, is 33% of Apple's total revenue. So thinking back to those, you know, they only, they sold 4 million Macs. Uh, that's, tw- you know, 33% of their revenue. And they sold $22 billion worth of Macs last year. And that's three times up from five years ago. Yeah. Now, one in the, 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 the numbers that we're talking about are uh, the U.S. numbers. Uh, yes. I don't, I don't know if they've ever released figures related to sales outside of the US. I don't think they do in during these uh these financial uh little meetings that they have. Now there's what they basically said was that one in five retail PCs and by that I mean you know computers that are sold over the counter in you know big box resellers or, or what have you best buys and Walmarts and Targets and all the rest of them uh one in five of those sold in the US are Macintosh computers. Yep. And a lot uh, of that I think has to do with the Apple stores. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a big that's a big strategy they've got going there and it seems to be working so they will they will keep up with it. So. Yep. Uh the Apple stores, now this is according to Apple that the Apple stores had over 75 million visitors last year. And that 2.8 million Macs were sold through the stores. Now, you know, in the previous sentence, we were talking about they sold, uh, well, no, it actually doesn't say. It was uh, $22 billion worth. But 2.8 million Macs were sold through the stores. And according to Apple, 50% of those were to new Mac users. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And uh, like like uh, Gas was saying, we're going to make this one a little short because oh, we have got so much more to talk about in the next break about Apple's event that happened Wednesday at uh, nah, what was it? Nah. We, we can we can snap through that in about five minutes. I think. Yeah, just just zoom right through it. It happened at nine a.m. Uh, out there at Pacific Standard Time in California. And uh, we're going to go into that as soon as we come back. So please stand by to stand by, and we will be right back. And this was a segment that wasn't messed up by GarageBand. Hey fellow Mac users, Tim Robertson, the publisher of MyMac.com, and I'm hoping that you go check out my new show. You can find it linked at MyMac.com. It's called Tech Fan. We do talk about Apple products. We do talk about the Mac. We do talk about iOS, but we've expanded what we're talking about. If it's technology, we're covering it. We're having a good time. A lot of different guests. David Cohen's on the show a lot. I'm hosting the show every week. Check it out. It's Tech Fan in iTunes. Softly through the sun In a breeze 
skirting the very edge of respectability and train wrecks. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, this Now, today, Wednesday, uh, as we record this, is Wednesday, October 20th. Apple had a little to-do out there in Cupertino at their main, uh, the main uh, drag, not drags, what's the word I'm looking for? Their main gigs, their main, uh, <laughs> their home schleiss. No, that's not it. I'm, I'm letting you dig. Yeah, but the, yeah, well, oh, it's getting deep, too, man. <laughs> What, I can't even think what the heck it was I was going to say. Well, you know what? It it's, doesn't matter. It's, it's a strange, magical place. It is a strange, magical <laughs> place, which is why we uh, we we played that little intro music, uh, "Strange Magic" by ELO. I love Electric Light Orchestra. Oh yeah, yeah, big fan. Yep. So uh, Apple got together at nine a.m. this morning out there in California. And they announced a couple of things. That's 6 p.m. British Standard Time. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Coast, or Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Coast Time. Okay. (laughs) God. Well, you know, at least GarageBand hasn't screwed up this week, so I'm I'm (laughs) just counting my blessings. If I screw up or you screw up, that's fine. Okay? That's that's just ducky. But I can't stand it when GarageBand screws up. So let's let's talk about what Apple did today in, instead of my particular failings. Okay, the first the first um, product up on stage was iPhoto Eleven. Yeah, from because uh, you know they've released iLife Eleven. They it, have come out with iLife, uh, and it's updated. It's available from today, standard at $49, I think the family pack $79. Yeah. Um, and they came, they didn't, they, they showed a few things, uh, the first being iPhoto 11, and I was very happy. Really? What they, was it What was it they did that made you happy, guys? Well, they, I mean, I, I hadn't seen the full uh, keynote yet. I, I saw snippets of it and I was uh, jumping yeah. in and out. That's what I had um, to do too. And I... They they talked about full screen mode, and one thing that I've always thought that iPhoto could do a lot better was the presentation of the photos on the computer. I know they've got their slideshow, but sometimes I just think it's a bit fiddly, and I think I've mentioned this before, actually, on the show. Um, and it seems as though they've got a full screen mode um, with various different options. I mean, they spoke about faces and they spoke about places and the options that you can do with the, you know, certain, um, modules or, or slideshows that are available to you. And it looked very neat. I was very impressed. When they say full screen mode, do they mean like the, the, the entire picture takes the screen? What about uh, tools and, and things like that? Well, that's the point, Guy. That's why I've been a little bit disappointed in iPhoto, because I think it's very difficult to get full screen in iPhoto when I'm using iPhoto as a repository for all my photos. And sometimes right. someone comes in, I say, look, I've made these changes or, you know, look at this group of photos. And I, I don't want to send it somewhere. I don't want to put it on my iPad. Uh, well, I will do, but or on my iPod Touch or send it to the Apple TV or elsewhere. I want somebody who's come into the room and say, look at these. And I want to show them full screen of the photos themselves. Oh, you're talking about when they say full screen mode, were they were they talking about how, how you would display it? 
on the computer. That's what I'm assuming. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll find out when when you get it from Apple. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Now yes. They, yes. they also had some new slideshow templates. Um, unfortunately, yep. you know, neither Gaz or I were able to watch the the keynote live, so I'm not really sure what the slides slide show slideshow templates look like. But typically, Apple's templates related to content like this usually look pretty good. Yeah, they're normally pretty slick, aren't they? And they're they're, they're normally nice. That you know, they're they're normally stuff that you want to use. So yeah. uh, hopefully, it will be testing those out definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, the other thing that they had that they talked about was letterpress greeting cards, and I wasn't really sure, but I think this means like embossed cards. I- I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I, I saw a brief uh, clip of that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they meant on that. And it, yeah. it's, uh, you know, again, uh, it's good quality stuff from Apple. Um, and, actually, and they're and they're partners because obviously they're not actually. Yes. You know, Apple isn't actually doing the the, the printout on nope. these things when you order them. They have, you know, printing companies that that do this for them. And I know I bought a or I created a book in iPhoto for my father-in-law a couple of years ago and it was super easy to do and it when it came out uh he called me he called me afterwards and just raved about how great it looked so <laughs> i great. imagine probably these 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 letterpress greeting cards and, and i'm definitely going to try that out christmas is coming up should look pretty good yeah well I, i've done the same thing we I, I actually sent off uh you know uh some photos um through the obviously their delivery partner partner yeah and and I, they came back and i was impressed i mean they, they are perhaps a little bit more expensive but the quality yeah. is there they are worth it definitely and it's going to be so much more personable than just a uh a, you know you, you buy a pack of 25 or 50 greeting cards or christmas cards and send them out with your name scratched on them you can have actual you know embossed pictures of your kids yeah. or you know your cats or whatever it is that you want to have embossed on a greeting card for christmas absolutely and there yep. was i mean there was lots of extras like um being able to upload to Flickr, etc all those sorts of things are still in there and it's uh yeah, well think, yeah and um, facebook yeah yeah i i think it's uh a, a uh, you know, some great new features. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, the next thing they talked about was iMovie 11. And one of the things that I, that a lot of people have asked for in uh, iMovie has been better audio tools. And Apple has delivered that. And you can basically adjust the levels for each segment instead of, you know, having it done project-wide. Yeah, and not not only that, I don't know, I, I did spot him actually making some slight um, volume adjustments within a segment as well, for not the whole segment. You know, so if you've got some peaks, some really high peaks where, you know, perhaps you've oh, got some oh, okay. kids coming up close to you and they shout or something, so you've got a peak in the middle of a, a segment, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him actually lower um, that section, so you can actually... So you don't have to, like, break the clip up or anything like that, no, you can just do no. it right from within the segment? Yeah, I think, I think you can do it within the segment as well. That is, but, that is good news. And it also seemed as if you can put some special effects to some of those sound um those sound clips as well um but I, I think that probably affects the whole the whole section then but um but the whole I, well in a case like that what you can do is what i just said you know right where you, you want the, up, yeah. yeah yeah you can just clip it right where you want the weird sound to start and then clip it again right where you want it to stop yeah. and, and then you just, can also 
you can also see the sound wave. It shows you the sound wave rather than obviously just the. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Yeah, it shows, and you know, so you can make the adjustment there and, and bring the volume down. It looked, it looked a, a a much slicker, much better process for the audio. Yeah, well, you're you're more of an aficionado of of the recent versions or the more recent versions of iMovie. Uh, than I am now. We, you know, we talked about that last week. We, we won't go into it again, but I am definitely going to give iMovie 11 a uh, a workout. And I imagine as you know, the as the weeks go by, that that we'll we'll go more in depth on our impressions of the various pieces of iLife. Um, some of the other uh, one things. Thing, one thing. One thing I did definitely got to mention on that is I like the way I, the 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 keynote itself they did a demo and it was a short demo but the guy basically put together a movie and what you can do is it also has a uh, process to enable you to do like titles where you got the titles at the end of the movie where the credits come up oh really well you could do that before but it was somewhat limited oh well this i tell you what it it looked the bee's knees i've got to say guy he just filled in some names and it came up and it did all the stuff and the credits at the end it was superb it, you know you could create a really professional looking film on this it, it it was i was impressed i was impressed well the thing that i'm most interested in um now i use for the most part i use final cut pro and you can do certain things in Final Cut Pro that, that iMovie, even even kind of the older versions of iMovie, couldn't do. And one of those things was like very quickly be able to do like slow motion or instant replays. And, I, <laughs> and as I understand, those are kind of built in now. Yeah, basically what the, what the, what he did, I, I think I saw more of the, the keynote than I think I did, actually. Um, <laughs> well, you saw more of it than I did. He, he, he took a section. Uh, so he highlighted a section and then he went up to his menu bar and said instant replay and what he'd got was directly after that clip was obviously a copy of the section that he'd highlighted and then he could put obviously he could choose the speed that he wanted to and it obviously for it to replay and then it went for the instant replay and it comes up with a little you know it comes up in the top right hand corner instant replay like you see on the TV (laughs) okay that's kind of cool it's it really is cool, really is cool. And now this was this was kind of strange. This this next bit, movie trailers. I'm not sure where they were going with that because typically, well, if you, if you're making a movie from like your own footage, uh, why would you need to have a trailer for it? Well, I think basically it's like a template. So okay. you, you know, you could have you know you could create a full experience for a movie. So you had your start where you've got all your credits and your titles, etc. And then you put your clips in, you do all your stuff with your clips, all your editing, etc., etc. And then at the end, you've got your credits. So I think what they're doing there is like a, a template so you could create a complete movie. It just... Well, it, <laughs> now, you know, one of the things that you can do in iDVD, besides just having, uh, you know, whatever movie it was you making in there, you can have, like, when you create the DVD, different parts. So I imagine, you know, if you really wanted to kind of make it a little more professional, you know, if you're sending whatever to whoever, you could actually have one of the one of the clickable buttons within the iDVD or the DVD menu be a, a trailer for what it is they're just about to watch. So, well, okay. We'll see how it works. But but there you go. If you don't want to then go into another application to add that, you can do it all in iMovie. 
Yep, that's very true. And apparently they made it pretty easy, according to what I was reading online. Yeah, it 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 did look very easy. I'm I'm looking forward to having a play with that, definitely. Now, definitely. one of the other things I saw that kind of caught my eye, it said adjustable frames per second. Now, I'm guessing that's not related to slow motion, but to how many frames of video your camera is capturing, or am I wrong on that? Here's your proof that I didn't see it or I, I missed that bit. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, as when the next time we talk about iMovie, uh, hopefully, you know, the two of us will have a little more time to play with it. So yeah. we'll go into that. Now, this was another one that I thought was kind of weird: face detection. <laughs> it's like it's like the face detection in in uh, in iPhoto, I assume, and you yeah. can obviously probably find people that you. Oh, you know, oh, okay, find. okay. You know what? I, now that I'm now that I'm giving that a little more thought. In iPhoto, when you select someone, all the pictures yep. that have that person in it come up. So in iMovie, Correct. it would go ahead and say, okay, well, you've got this clip, clip and this clip, clip and here's, clip, you know, all clip, those different this. clips that this, yep. okay. All right. That makes more sense than, you know, whatever the hell was going through my head. So, oh, my, 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 my. And we know what goes through your head. Well, I wish somebody would tell me because sometimes <laughs> it's just not very clear. Uh, GarageBand 11. Now, one of the things that I was kind of hoping they were going to do, I don't think they did, uh, which I talked about last week where, you know, if you've got multiple audio sources that you can just click it for each track and, you know, whatever it is you have plugged in will just show up there. But yeah. we'll see. I, yeah, I, I, they didn't talk about that no, as far as. Think. Yeah. Now, they did add something that they call flex timing, which is to fix the timing of, you know, you've got, let's say, a guitar and, and a bass and you, a piano. Go ahead. Do you know, I heard somebody or I saw somebody say on Twitter, and excuse me if I'm repeating your guy, whoever it is, because I, I didn't get a handle on who it was. But I think what they said was it's like having a spell check. For your music, got, <laughs> and I quite like spell that. check. Well, that's what, well, I guess you know they had to call it something, and spell check just wouldn't have flowed very well in relationship <laughs> no, to a music they've program. Called it, they've called it flex time, and I, and I think it's it's basic to to assist. Let's say a, you know a, a a small band is recorded, and you know they're not quite together, and you know they've put the recordings in. I think this helps you. Um, Bring make everybody much, together. Yeah, make a much more professional sound. Yeah. Uh, new built-in music lessons. And yep. uh, I don't know what else to say about GarageBand 11 until, until I get a chance to kind of, you know, play with it some more. Not sure what else, you know, what else we could say about it. In fact, what I just said, that flex time, it, that spell check, I think that actually related to something else, which was groove matching. So Gro oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, for, I, I yeah. didn't have that in the notes. Um. One other thing that they were showing, though it's still only in beta, and I think a lot of people expected this, was FaceTime for the Mac. I've downloaded it. Oh, did you? <laughs> I've downloaded it straight away. Have you, have you tried um, it out yet? Well, well, yes, but to me, it, it, it's, it's funny because I don't know too many people with an iPhone 4, to be perfectly honest with you, and I haven't had time to try it out. Obviously, I downloaded it and opened up the app, and my first thought was, you know, iChat. But actually, if yeah, but if, you see, you can't have iChat video iChat on an iPhone. Correct, correct. I understand that. I understand that. Um, 
but you know for anybody else if you're going to go mac to mac then you just use iChat but there, there there are certain restrictions with trying to link it in i think and that's why they've you know created a new app because there's different protocols involved there um so i've downloaded it was dead e- dead easy it's only in beta at the moment um you just need somebody so, that has yeah. an iphone 4 so you can I just need to check it out well actually yeah or of course an ipod touch and oh, this yeah. is where this is where I suddenly got excited because I thought, now when I go away, if I've got my iPod Touch, I often have you know access to Wi-Fi. Sure, I can call home and I can speak to my wife, and we can have a face to face. No problem. Yeah, talk to the kids. Absolutely. I won't ask what you'll say to your wife face to face. Shh, shh, quiet, quiet. Uh, it's a family show. It's a. It is a family show. I'd, um, say, I'd, love, I'd say I'd love you, darling. That's that's right, and she would say, "I love you back," and then click, everybody would just go away. Man, where's that Whoa. bucket? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing they did today that I think everybody, you know, it, if you saw the uh, the picture for the for you know the event today, it was pretty obvious that they were going to say something about the next version of OS ten. And no big surprise, it's called Lion. So they had a sneak peek for it today. And you know, the first thing I have down here is OS X meets iPad. And it was a iPad. very sneak peek. Yeah, but what they showed was very, very cool. Uh, um, I'm glad you said that. I'm yeah. glad you said that. No, I, I thought it was some of the stuff, and, and I was just looking at pictures. And w- once I kind of grasped some of the concepts they were talking yeah. about, yeah. I was exactly like... Exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, new gestures for the Magic Mouse and trackpad. So, uh, you know, all the blogs that were talking about, oh, there's touchscreen Macs coming out. No, there is not touchscreen Macs coming out. Well, I mean, it, you know, doesn't it now make sense why they came out with the touch, you know, the mouse and the ta- the, the, the trackpad? Tra- trackpad? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and as soon as as soon as I saw the magic trackpad, I kind of that's that was my thought right away. Well, they they want to move some of these gestures that they're doing with the iPhone and the iPad over to the Mac, but they don't want people, you know, with their arms sticking straight out in front of them. So, you know, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's because they'd have lots of RSI complaints, wouldn't they? I mean, yeah, probably. Well, uh, of course, nobody's been buying them, but there are several uh, touchscreen all-in-ones that are out there right now. There's one by HP that I, I looked at, and as I kind of played, I was over at a Best Buy, and as I was kind of playing around with it, I was just thinking to myself, why would I want to do this? It hurts after a while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, what they said. Um, fairly early on is that OS 10 meets the iPad. Okay, so the way I'd envisage it is you'd walk around the house with your iPad and obviously you'd then put your iPad down, you need to go to your Mac, and the the feeling of unity with your iOS device and your Mac would be, well, you'd be at one because a lot of the gestures and the way you interact with your iPad is so natural that I don't know about you, but I find myself often swiping my the top of my magic mouse. <laughs> well, see, I don't have a magic mouse. Well, I, I do, and, and I do find myself trying to use it the way I'm using my gestures on, on the iPad, and that's where I think, you know, that connectivity comes in. Um, yeah, I, well, now at the same I, time, you know, talking about this, they've got this new thing called Mission Control, 
which is meant to, and this one I thought was really, really cool, meant to kind of unify, unify dashboard. So dashboard isn't going away. It's not going to be replaced by the iOS, which you know, actually is kind of disappointing to me. I would yeah. love to get some of the iOS uh, software or applications on the Mac. But anyway, <laughs> uh, expose well. spaces and full screen apps. Basically, there's, you know, they've made some touch gestures so that you can move between all these different environments. And, and this was one of the complaints that a lot of people had about uh, spaces and dashboard is that you you had to go to a different environment to use them. Yeah. And it wasn't always intuitive on how you did that. Well, now with these touch gestures, especially if you're using a magic mouse or the magic trackpad, should be a lot more intuitive. Or, of course, your, uh, the pad if you're using a MacBook. Yeah, yeah. You touch pad up. Definitely, definitely. I think, I think that... Um, I think there's a lot to come from this uh, OS, but I, I think there's, you know, um, they they said that the OS 10 meets the iPad, and they're, they're dead right. Yeah, they, and they right. they kind of back it up with this. Now, the other one of the other things they talked about was Launchpad for apps, which looks a lot like the iPad screen. And as I saw the pictures for this, I was thinking to myself, where's the traditional Finder? Is that going to go away? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. At least, or at least not yet. Now, I think, I think, I think this is an this is an extra. This is the link to your iPad and the iPad type apps and the um, the experience that you're having on the iPad. It's not an instead of. It's an as it's well a, as. As yeah, that would make sense. Now they're talking about a summer 2011 release, and there's no pricing yet. But and that was kind of along the lines of, of you know, we talked earlier about the uh, the the story that I wrote. Uh, let me find it. Trick or treat from Apple, where I made some predictions about what Apple was going to do. Let's see how I did. Uh, I said new version of OS 10 announced, and then I put in in parentheses way to go out there on a limb. With a release date of September 2011, and I, I think that still is going to be pretty accurate. I don't think they're going to yeah. get it out until I, I, it'll, they, I think it'll be after the um, developers conference in August. Well, they said summer, and that gives you up until the 31st of August. So August September, yeah, probably right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, updated MacBook Air, which we haven't talked about yet, but we will. Uh, updated 15-inch MacBook Pros to the eye line of chips from Intel across the board, and. Uh, Nope. Well, Tom Schmidt kind of reminded me that they did do that already, yeah. except yeah. for the 13-inch. And I kind of said, yeah, that was right, but they're not quad-core. They're still dual-core uh, iChips. Okay, but... Okay, but so we're both one. right. I'm, I'm slapping... No, I'm slapping ah, you on that one. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> available quad-core i7 in the 17-inch model. Eh, didn't happen. Uh, updated airport models. Eh, didn't happen. iLife 11. Ding, 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 ding. That did happen. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm, about fi- I'm about 50%. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's all things bad. considered. Um, so the other thing... You, yeah, you yeah, go ahead. Mention, you didn't mention, and you've put in the show notes, actually, that it, this is huge. And I think I agree with you. Oh, think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Mac App Store. This... Now, f- for people that have a lot of apps, there is a program called Bodega... 
And, yes. And there's another one. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, application. This is part of the reason why um, the Finder needs some big updates. Uh, there's another one called App Fresh. Now, yes. what these programs do is they it allows you to find and update and well and also purchase and download uh, programs for the Macintosh, and it works okay. Except there, uh, there's a lot of programs out there that don't play nicely with either Bodega or AppFresh, and so you end up spending a lot of time, you know, clicking through various links trying to find where the downloads are. Well, in this case, the Mac App Store works almost exactly like iTunes. So, well, it, it, yeah, it, it works almost identical to the current iTunes App Store. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. But for the yeah. love of God, thank you. It is a standalone <laughs> application. It is not, not connected to iTunes. Now, this isn't going to replace you being able to put other applications on your Mac. It's, again, as well as not an instead of. Yes. And it looks like, you know, this could be, depending on how many developers sign up, and I bet there's going to be a lot of small developers that are going to jump onto this because this is this is the app store for the Mac. And if you think about the success that Apple has had with the app store for the iOS um, devices, why well, wouldn't all, you? Why wouldn't you? I totally agree. Let's just hope, though, they don't have lots of Torch apps. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> Imagine, yeah, you got a 27-inch iMac, and you, you fire up a flashlight app and blind yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. Uh, some of the other things, you know, you'll be able to find new apps. I just, but this I is, just hope that they've learned the lessons from the App Store. And that, uh, yeah, they, that well, no fart apps. Yeah. Yeah. No fart apps. <laughs> uh, you, it'll also, for, for the developers that sign on with this, it'll also supply you with uh, auto-updates. Now, the other thing... That I thought was, I mean, that in itself is, is cool and a, yeah. a great addition. Because, I mean, think about this. When you download this podcast, how did you get this podcast? You didn't go, for the most part, you didn't go to MyMac.com and click on the link there and then download it and drop it into iTunes. No, you just went into iTunes and, you know, click the Find New Podcast button or whatever it says there. And refresh. this podcast, yeah, refresh. And this podcast and any others that you'd like to listen to just automatically downloads to it without any other interaction from you. Now, think about how great that would be if you could do that for your applications. Well, you kind of do that for your applications with the, on your iPod and your iPod Touch. Or, sorry, on your iPod yeah. Touch, your iPhone and, and the, the iPad, of course. Yeah, so this I, is I just kind of extending like that. that. I did like that. Did you see them when he actually downloaded one? He no, I, I couldn't because all I saw it, it was pictures. Okay, well, it, down, it downloaded it onto his dock. So, you know, when you actually do the same thing on your iPad or your iPhone, iPod Touch, it you see the app um, semi-transparent uh, and with a, a progress bar at the bottom. Oh, really? That is cool. It, it did exactly the same as that. It sat on your dock. And then there was a progress bar across the bottom as it obviously loaded the application down onto your machine. 
that you know for developers this is going to be great they won't have to keep track well of course they can still sell it through their own sites uh but they yep. won't they won't have to keep track of credit cards they won't have to do any of that apple will take care of all that for a mere 30 <laughs> percent of you know whatever it is that you're selling uh your application for now this this of course is uh nothing new to developers for the ios because this is basically the same split that they that they do with them what um i i when i saw that i, I think a lot of people probably went oh this is the end of the mac but i don't think so i think this is just apple realizing that there's a big opportunity for them to get involved in this yeah uh, and and for them to make it easy for people just to be able to buy a mac and buy um the applications that they want which that they want, but also that they can be trusted on. Yes. Because a lot of people like that. A lot of people like that. They like to know that they are going through a recognized and um, a trusted source. Yeah, and they're not just putting their credit card out there. And, and honestly, I don't think that this is in any way, shape, or form a, a degradation of of the Mac universe, uh, I look at this as more of a uh, confirming that it's gonna go on because I think Apple it's an enhancement. wouldn't. It's an enhancement, definitely. Yeah, because I don't think Apple would put this much time and effort into something like the Mac App Store if the Mac was just going to disappear after a year or oh, two. No. no, just not no. going to happen. Well, go back to the figures, and that's why they mentioned the figures uh, at the start of this particular uh, yeah. keynote. You know, thirty-three percent of Apple's revenue comes from the Mac, mm -hmm. and fifty percent of new buyers of Macs in Apple stores have never owned a Mac before in their life. Yeah, it's, now it's it's such a big, wide open market for them still. Oh, huge! I mean, they have well, you know, they say ten percent of the U.S. market, but that still leaves a lot of people that that aren't using Macs that could potentially buy one. And if you Absolutely. look at if you look at at the announcements that they made today, the Mac as an overall platform is is definitely here to stay. I I just can't see it being driven away by iOS or iPads. Now, a lot of people that buy the iPod Touch or the iPad or the iPhone aren't Mac users, but they've, they're getting used to the way that you get applications and that you get music and that yeah, you get video and right. all these different things, yeah, even on the yeah. Windows version of iTunes. Very true. And very it's so true, easy. Yeah, so then you turn true. that around and you say, okay, you yeah, can have this, this exactly, you can have this exact same experience yeah. for getting applications on your Macintosh. And, and I don't what? think there's not, anything on the Windows world that's like this. No, and guess what? Not only that, but your actions of swiping and you know your download, everything. Yeah, it's 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 it is very much a coming together of the two processes. Yep. Very now, good. they did have one more thing. And yes, and it was a one more thing, wasn't it? It was. It definitely was a one more thing. Um, one of the things that everybody was talking about that that was going to be announced was new. MacBook Airs. Now, when I read some of these rumors and they were talking about having, well, they're going to make a smaller MacBook Air. I didn't believe that. I just didn't think that having a screen smaller than 13.6 inches or 13.3 inches, sorry, was going to be a very good experience on a typical Macintosh. Well, as usual, Apple has shown that 
apparently they know more than I do because well, uh, well, well, they first of all came out because I wasn't sure when they first came out. They came out with a thirteen point three inch MacBook Air. Yes, and that was the one more thing, and it was thinner. And they've used um, flash memory, so it's got no hard drive. Yep, no hard it's drive. Using, it's, it's using basically SSD memory. Well, it's not SSD memory, it's flash memory. Yeah, it's, it's flash just, memory. It's, it's just not enclosed. Which, so Apple is using flash. So I've got a feeling we... we yeah, yeah, <laughs> feeling, didn't, didn't we speak about this on some of the podcast? Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> it's got only a couple of USB ports. It's got a mini display port. Um, it's about three pounds. Uh, the lowest for the 13.3 inch screen uh, version with the full keyboard is 1.86 gigahertz Core 2 Duo processor. Yep. Um, currently, it's only 128 or 256 gigabyte storage. But, and this is the thing, they're taking a lot of experiences that they've got from the iPad because they're saying it's instant on. It's got seven hours battery life. Um, and this thing is, I think, also made for that new... That new um, Mac user? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that new experience of changing from one device to the other and the way that you see the applications come up and the way that you download them. Because there's no uh, hard drive, as Steve said in the keynote, and there's no... Um, Optical drive, drive, yeah. Optical drive. Now, what surprised me and where I think Guy was going was they also brought out a little brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they actually said, too. Uh, an 11.6-inch screen. Uh, the, the processor isn't quite as fast. It's a 1.4 gigahertz Core 2 Duo. Uh, of course, being smaller, they couldn't cram the same kind of battery in it, so it's five hours battery life. The flash store now with the 13.3 inch, you can choose between 128 gigs to 200 or sorry, from 128 or 256 gigs of storage. With the little brother, it's only 64 or 120 uh, gigabytes of flash storage. So, you know, they, they had to make some compromises for the for the, the smaller machine. But I think people, you know, the road warriors that really, really like those old 12-inch uh, G4 PowerBooks from, you know, so, so many years ago will probably enjoy this little machine. Now, again, I've never thought of the, the MacBook Air as the kind of computer you want for your primary machine. No. No. no, this is this is an add-on. So if the iPad isn't quite enough for what it is you want to do, well, now you've got the MacBook Air that offers a lot of the same type of features, but in full computer size. Yeah, both of, both of them have got. I think the smaller one is that still got a, a full size uh, keyboard as well? Because I didn't notice that. I don't. I believe so. They did make some slight changes to the keyboard. It, it must be slightly smaller. It must be slightly smaller. Um, but I didn't actually spot that because uh, obviously um, only seeing snippets yeah, of it. Exactly. Uh, pricing ranges from nine ninety nine to fifteen ninety nine. So it, actually, this is. If you think back to when the MacBook Air was was first announced, this is actually a lot cheaper than what because I think the original one was twelve ninety nine or thirteen ninety nine, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So now you can get a MacBook Air for nine ninety nine, not that much more than an iPad or you know the sixty four gig iPad. Yeah. 
And that kind of wraps it up as far as Apple's announcements go. You know, there was so much more that was going on that I really wish I'd been able to see the video. And I know I'm going to download it as soon as it's available. Uh, if you have any, you know, we haven't really talked about how to contact us on this particular show. So uh, before we do our app recommendations, uh, Gaz, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do it? Well, do you know, they could either send an email to me at gaz at mymac.com, or if they really wanted to, they could connect with me on Twitter. Uh, I am uh, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. That's G-A-Z-M-A-Z. Um, or you can send into the show a recorded message by ringing the Skype number on 703-436-9501. 703-436-9501. <laughs> Or they can contact us uh, on feedback at mymac.com. But, Guy, yes, how can they contact you? <laughs> well, by gosh, they can contact me <laughs> through email at guy at mymac.com. Or if, uh, if you're a Twitter user, you can reach me on twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. There it is. Wouldn't be the show without it. Um <laughs> Very, very quickly, let's talk about, because, oh, my goodness, we're already over an hour. Let's talk about app recommendations. I've got one this week called Picturesque from, oh, I just know I'm going to butcher this, but there'll be links in the show note, Aquilia Software. It's twenty nine ninety five, and what this basically does is if you're a, a, a somebody that, that makes a lot of web pages and you use a lot of graphics, you can use this program. You know, It's kind of a one-trick pony crop throw reflections in, whatever it is that you would normally see on a web page graphic, you can do within this program, and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Um, I actually use NetNewsWire as an RSS aggregator on my Mac, but I've never really liked the NetNewsWire app for the uh, iPod Touch or my iPad. And I've been using, they do a free version for both the iPhone and the iPad, but I've been using an RS uh, SS aggregator or reader called uh, Feedler. That's F-E-E-D-L-E-R, Feedler. Um, and they do a pro version and the free version. Uh, I use the free version on both the iPod Touch and the iPad for a while, but now I've purchased them. And basically, it's a way to um, read your uh, RSS feeds, which obviously I aggregate through Google. Um, it's two ninety nine. That's two pounds ninety nine. Um, it's from a company called, or who makes it, C B Lu. That's L I U. Um, it's it's a good application. I like it. I like it. It's if you read lots of um, RSS feeds or you've got lots of RSS feeds, it's a way you can star your um, your read your uh, blogs that you get feeding. Um, I made a hash of that. You can star <laughs> or you can unread your subscriptions that you've got. Um, I, I, there's one touch. There's lots of little bits which are extra in the in the paid version, and uh, I use it all the time. I use it all the time. And as always, you can go to the show notes at mymac.com and you'll be able to find links to both uh, Picturesque and Feedler. And uh, very, 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 very fast, faster than I just said that, it's Guy at mymac.com, Gaz at mymac.com, Gazmaz and Mac Parrot at Twitter, 
Feedback at mymac.com and our Skype number. Please, please call our Skype number and talk to us about anything. We had we had one on just this week. It's area code 703-436-9501. And also, please go to iTunes and rate the show. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Please, please rate the show. We need ratings. So uh, I think that's going to about do it for this week, Gaz. You have anything else? Uh, no, we could have gone on for a lot longer on on the uh, the keynote certainly, but uh, oh, I think we're gonna we've got plenty of material there for the upcoming weeks. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll get yours and and I'll get mine. Uh, well, that sounded <laughs> kind of weird, but uh, of course we're talking about Apple products. You bunch I've of already, dirty minds. I've, I've got to say, I've already ordered uh, iLife. Oh, you and uh, yeah, that's right. You were telling me that and that you you've uh, you've gotten your confirmation. Yep. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, I, I'm just wondering how much it's going to sell out here in the the various Apple stores. There's like four Apple stores relatively close to the house, and I know that probably sounds like I'm bragging. Um, don't know if if they're going to be out in Best Buy yet. Uh, I don't think any of the various rumor sites had anything from you know the people that are willing to do that kind of thing that worked at Best Buy. Well, who knows? But that's going to be the end of the show. That's the end of the show, Gaz. Oh. Oh. oh we hope. So. Anyway. I know. I'll, it's so I'll, sad. But <laughs> quick bye to the listeners. Speak to you all next week. Bye. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to feedback at MyMac.com or call our Skype number and leave a message. The phone number is 703-436-9501. If you enjoyed the MyMac.com podcast, make sure you check out the other family of podcasts, all from MyMac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson. 